0: sitting here in my own house, minding my own, business, minding my own Where you been? I don't think you can oh, I've been having a know. hell of a time. Oh. Oh. When oh. I'm oh. bad. And a question oh. Oh. A period. Oh. Oh. to get out of my way, because I've got a man waiting for me. You way. own everything. You oh. everything. Oh. everything oh.
1: This is High Camp, the podcast where I try to watch all 406 movies from an out-of-print gay film guide before I die. I'm your host, Brian Rucker, and I am very excited today to have Mr. Mono Agapian That's on me. the podcast. Hello, Mono. Hey, what's up? Not much. I'm glad you're here today. Thanks for having of me. Of course. Uh, if you guys don't know, Mono is an actor and a writer and... The host of the one and only RuPaul's Drag Race recap podcast. Dragger.
0: Yeah. It's really important work uh to be involved with the only drag race podcast available on the internet, and that's why I take it very seriously.
1: Yeah, it's, it's surprising that no one else has taken the plunge to it, talk about this very obscure show. But it's really it's, weird. it's good that you're Can do I doing honestly hard
0: work. say to you right now that I still get messages with people from people who did not did not <laughs> get that that's just it's the dumbest joke in the whole world. But literally just this past week I got like three different tweets that were like um, have you heard of Race Chaser? Oh my and I'm like, God.
1: Gay people are so annoying sometimes. They're actually quite <laughs> destructive. <laughs> yeah, I've dealt yeah, with uh, a lot of that. It's yeah, because I'll get like, this is a pretty new podcast, so I don't have a huge audience yet. But like mm-hmm. the the audience I do have is mostly, and I should have realized this, older gay men. Love who it. Who will love to, and I I love them all. Um, but a, a couple people, you know, will comment on Instagram. Oh, sure. you made this mistake, and it, it's great. No one's been like mean. Yes. Um, but, and it's good to learn new things, but like... Sometimes as, the sometimes corrections are grating. <laughs> just because we're, you know, this is not scripted. We're exactly. All, we're all learning here and we're not going to know everything. And if you talk for an hour every week, there's going to be mistakes in there. Oh, mistakes. Imagine
0: if just talking in the world was fact-checked
1: the way podcasts were. Yeah, if everything, well, everything probably is recorded now, but like... Yeah. Yeah, that you could, I mean, the I'm just so glad that... This stuff, social media, all that was not around when we were really young and stupid. True, true. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I'm still pretty dumb, but I'm having fun with it. Oh, yeah. No, Uh it's good to um, have fun with your own stupidity. I just, I guess, I, I imagine. Like if it was if YouTube was around when I was twelve or thirteen, I would have done like videos like singing, trying to be trying to like break into whatever I thought yeah. was going on. And I mean, I guess I could have. I've told them. my nieces this. I'm like, just so you know, this like the,
0: you will regret this later. Yeah. I had a niece who had like just straight up singing videos. They were just like, "Hi guys, really emotional tonight. Gonna sing a little bit of this." Perfume song. Oh, the um, Britney Spears perfume song. Uh, yeah, I. It was. It was. It could have been perfume. It could have been alien.
1: It was oh, some obscure of, oh, Britney, and I off, was like, off the mic. You can tell me her channel. I'll, I'll like <laughs> <it>.
0: <laughs> oh no, now they're gone because oh, now she's. It's been like a couple years.
1: Yeah, and she was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, 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 yeah. God, do you think so? Like, do you think she just did this sort of because she grew out of it, or was there? feedback from her peer group making fun of her or like what probably both both yeah (laughs) unfortunately uh that yeah because it it are i mean adolescence is already just a horror show so i can't imagine having a like my parents didn't even have a video camera Mm -hmm. thank god so i have like no i have like still photographs of Uh myself but no not even like school plays really which is great but i don't have to look at that yeah, there's a couple videos floating around, but not
0: much in my house either. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, my dad thought he was a good cameraman. We oh, really? we can move on, but just so you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. my dad thought he was a good cameraman and we go back and watch him and we're like, Dad, you're terrible. Was it, <laughs> like, like <shaky> or- <laughs> it was like shaky it was like shaky. Or, like, sometimes he would just get the audio of what was going on, but then, like, really focus on, like, a piece of paint on the wall. Like, it was almost, oh, like, wow. Avant-garde. Lynchian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dad. But, yeah.
1: Um, do you have you have lots of siblings? I, I have three older siblings, oh, okay. yeah. And lots of nieces and nephews? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. Big old Greek family. I have one little sister and one nephew and a soon-to-be niece in a couple Ooh, weeks, which is exciting. Oh, that'll be fun. You get, yeah. to be, you get to be the cool, anytime you're an uncle, is your first time being an uncle? This, is, this will be my second time being an uncle. Uh, John, my husband, has um, older nieces and nephews, so yeah. I've been like a, I guess, uncle by marriage for a little bit. Get to be cool. Um, Prepare I do get to be, to be cool. cool. I've never been cool before, so it's exciting to finally yeah, you convince to break someone the that rules. I'm cool. Yeah. Um, so, Mono, yeah. uh, I've started, like, I've done, I guess, 20 episodes of this podcast, maybe, and I just started to do a new little uh part of the podcast called Industry News, oh. where I take something going on, yeah, that whole thing, something going on in the trades, or something going on on film Twitter that I want to ask you about. Trade. So, did you happen to see uh Martin Scorsese's? Uh, letter or editorial in the New York Times.
0: Okay. Is this him attacking Marvel?
1: Yeah. So, okay. okay. So, he like, I guess there was an interview where he said Marvel movies not cinema. weren't cinema. And right. Then and then everyone, he went further. Exactly. Everyone like went crazy. And then he decided to clarify his statements uh-huh. with this like long editorial in the New York Times mm-hmm. uh, where I he says, oh my God, I just read it a few minutes ago. Great. And... I have to say, he convinced me to not be on his side. Okay, um, what sa- he say? Well, he says the situation, sadly, is that we n- we had we now have two separate fields. There's worldwide audiovisual entertainment, and there's cinema. They still overlap from time to time, but that's becoming increasingly rare. And I fear that the financial dominance of one is being used to marginalize and even belittle the existence of the other. For anyone who dreams of making movies or who is just starting out, the situation at this moment is brutal and inhospitable to art. And the act of simply writing those words fills fills me with terrible sadness. That was the end of the article.
0: Wow, this is complicated. Okay, because I fundamentally agree with him that... Yes, me too. Yeah,
1: but you're saying he's just going a little too ham. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, so I do not like the fact that superhero movies and Marvel movies are the dominant sort of cultural objects of our time. Right. Because they most of the time they don't really connect to me, or Mm. even if I enjoy them, uh, they're... Despite, like they're forgettable. Like, yeah, I, I don't. They never make me feel anything really. No, I
0: don't give a shit. Like at this point, I've seen so many that literally once the once we're at the end of the second
1: act, I'm like wrap it up. Oh god, well the, those third acts are the worst because it's just terrible. It's just like uh, just fighting without any exactly. story. Um, or they
0: try to make you feel sentimental about a character.
1: No. You're like no. That's a purple goblin who's named
0: Toothor.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they I don't... shot this whole thing in like a sound st- soundstage exactly. in Atlanta, and yeah, oh god. But uh, I guess it seems like the the history of Hollywood is full of these transitions, and like every like art has always sort of come out on the other side eventually. So I I don't know. I maybe I'm like too stupidly optimistic, but I think like eventually people will. will grow tired of these movies or they'll have to shift into something different. And like, you know, art is obviously hard to make and very expensive to make, but like, I, I don't think that the rest of cinema is going to die because of this. I wonder, okay. Yeah.
0: I'm curious to see if, if, cause it feels like TV now is the space to be artistic. Mm. So, I mean, I would love for it to stay, I want, I mean, I want movies to still be expressive and weird and different, but I do think we're, if people who have unique ideas are being pushed to streaming and stuff like that, where it's like, I don't know, get get an audience, get a niche audience, you get to go yeah. there. And I, I guess that's, yeah. there's
1: good sense in that, like, you can figure out a way to make something successful with just a niche audience mm-hmm. if you... Get it on the right platform and have the right people that are, like, helping you. Right. Uh, and then the indie movie. I mean, I guess indie movies are, to me, like, they're just as popular as, as uh, like, studio movies. But I guess they're not yeah. as widely seen. So I always, I think of, like, this summer, Midsommar was... That was fun. I thought it was, like, a big hit. And it, it was, was, like, fun. a fucking weird movie. And it was cool. Yeah. It was
0: that, well, blockbuster horror is now, like, a little bit of an emerging yeah, that's genre. True. Well, now with, like, It... With its success, that people really were like, okay, how do we make a blockbuster version of a horror film?
1: And I guess they were. I mean, I didn't think, especially the, the It sequel, I thought was pretty
0: bad. I liked it, but I mean, I would never defend it in a court of law. Yeah, no, sure. I was just
1: like, ah, oh, had fun. Um, yeah, that, it just seemed like bloated to me and trying to be... A blockbuster in a yeah. way that the first one sort of stumbled upon its yeah.
0: blockbusteriness, right? Yeah, there, there, was, there was yeah a lot of production, lot lot a lot of production. Um, the mud, the mud to the that moment where like he's in the mud hole, but then she's in the bathroom and they
1: can see each other. Oh God, yeah, it's a bit much. Uh, yeah, and all the characters are separate. I mean, I guess this is a problem in the book too. Like all the characters are separated for so long that it doesn't really feel cathartic. They they work together at the very end, but they're all yeah. on like on their own journeys. For Here's my life.
0: biggest complaint: mm. the moment when the hot, the now hot kid lifts his shirt and his stomach oh, getting yeah. carved into—way too hot. His stomach was way too hot for me. Unrealistically hot. Or I just, just couldn't feel scared because oh, all I so was hot. thinking was,
1: <laughs> "Yum!" Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But I'm supposed to be scared because I see carving into a person's stomach but that stomach was
1: ridiculous yeah the abs take precedence over the carving My. i agree with you that yeah it was like i still was like oh i would love your workout tips i was like what i couldn't un- i couldn't believe it. <laughs> um i guess i thought he was he was like such a boring character otherwise that i wasn't even that attracted to him because i'm like you're just a piece sure of rock and i have bad taste
0: so oh, i was taste, attracted yeah. to him uh, well, yeah you know
1: the Heart Wants with Heart Wants. The Heart Wants.
0: Oh, the trash I've dated. <laughs> oh, the pieces of shit you will suck. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, hey. well, that's what it's like. That's life.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation. I hope it evolves. I do want real movies to come out in cinemas. I do. This is stupid, and people, but people are stupid. So I, I am scared that there are people who are like, look, when tickets are $16, 17 $18 bucks a pop, it has
1: to feel more like a ride. I understand that, yeah. Which is
0: a shame. It is,
1: and I, I think the business model has to change. Like, I love AMC A-List, uh, and if you're, like, near an AMC theater, which we are on the east side of Los Angeles, uh, I pay $25 a month, uh-huh. and I can see three movies a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen, and, like, the Marvel movies are the first ones that I would never have paid money to see until, and now, like, in the last couple of years, I've sort of kept on, kept up on that stuff, yeah. because... Uh, I don't have to pay sixteen dollars every time I see a movie um uh-huh. so I think eventually if they can like the the theater chains can make that work for them, that's gonna be the model that goes forward because that's sort of the model of everything now is like subscription with streaming and with t v and so I <laughs> imagine that like that's gonna uh branch out to to theatrical so much. movies too. I can't I uh, it you makes sense see I see so many movies that, that it's like a deal it's like such a deal to me yeah that's to, great for $25 a month to, yeah. to be able to see basically unlimited amount of movies in the theater and
0: for me it's a little hard to drag my ass to the theater okay. a
1: little bit I
0: kind of just want to lay
1: on my but yeah. in my house I just know my attention span is like pretty bad so if I if I'm in the theater I know I'll like get through the movie and, and like understand and like be immersed in it yeah and if I'm on the couch it's always a little bit of a struggle Right. And yeah. you could, even a movie that's great, you could pay less attention to and oh, then yeah. have like a less valid or fruitful opinion of because you're like, oh, I don't know. Because I'll see my phone right there. And like, even if I'm into the movie, it's like uh like a, uh, just like a reflex to, to take my phone of and, course. and scroll Twitter or whatever. for fi- And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? There's a movie playing. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. um, Hollywood, if you're listening, we don't have the answers either. We don't have answers either. I
0: I don't know. My 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 prediction is that is just I I hate to say this but I do think weirder stuff's going to end up on streaming and TV. Yeah. No,
1: and that, that, that's inevitable. And I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing if like things are still getting made uh-huh. um and I'm sure like there'll be some sort of like art house cinemas in big mm-hmm. cities at least. That, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah for yeah. most for most people if you're living in like a smaller town this uh you'll at least be like movies like this will be accessible from your home. Yeah. So I would love to be proved proven wrong. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Great. Um, Mono, what have you been watching lately? Oh God. Um,
0: (sighs) what am I watching? I have been watching the new American Horror Story. Oh, okay. I'm
1: like a couple seasons behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's a mixed victory. Sure. This as they are. Oh my god. I am a little frustrated overall. This one's fun though. It's called 1984. It's about it's it's an homage to slasherness. Mm-hmm. Um but just in the classic Ryan Murphy style, there's a lot of unnecessary time jumps and flashbacks no one asked for. Um so it's fun and it's campy, but just like everything else in the American Horror Story universe, I have a hard time I have a hard time even appreciating the camp because I feel like we
1: get to camp before we we just get to camp in yeah. such an unearned way. It's uh, and I, I usually like defend Ryan Murphy. I I think mm. he's he has like a style and a set of interests that no one else making like TV on that scale has, which yeah. is really cool. But yeah, he um, he always has so many ideas and tries to cram them all into right. to things that sometimes his stuff you just there's not. You, uh, it doesn't breathe at all, right? And, and you feel like you you're getting hit over the head with this this camp, which is so um, it's it's so specific and 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 it's such an the intention is camp. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with camp, you like it to be a little unintentional or a little right. light and up for discussion. And his is just straight ahead, yeah. bullet through the heart, camp.
0: I like a lot of it. I like this season more than other seasons, but there's still something that leaves me going... You know, just it—it it, it makes me roll my eyes in a way that's a little less.
1: I don't know. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard for me to care. Because those ones, the American Horror Story, usually to me, they're not scary, really. Right. So it is like it's all sort of a comment on horror. Yes. Um, and so that can be fun, but also, especially like the episode orders are usually so long too. I don't need 13 episodes yeah. of this thing. I, the last one I watched was the um, like the Trump one, the cult. Yeah, which I actually liked. I didn't enough. finish that one. Uh, I thought because it was sort of right after the election, and I yeah. thought oh, this is at least a response to like something that's going on. It's an interesting. It was definitely interesting. I thought like, yeah. wow,
0: let's let's dig in, let's do it. Um, but then after that, I then there was like the Armageddon off. one. Right, I, didn't watch, that I one. didn't watch that one. Well, I saw the pilot, and though like, yeah something about it was strange. That one connected with Coven. I don't know. For some reason it's just hard for me to I like that it's out there. I like like I like Ryan Murphy. I like that he's making very queer positive Absolutely. entertainment. Um but it's just like it's for some something about it only half scratches an itch.
1: Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Um Watch his that. other non American horror story, like the politician I straight up loved. Oh, I haven't seen it. Uh I'm also a Gwyneth Paltrow obsessive, so okay. it was um, it was fun to see. You her. love goop? I well, that's yeah, that's the podcast I've been doing for three years. Is uh, really, is, uh, called Goop Yourself, and we we both love and hate it, like we mm-hmm. make fun of it, but we have also been, I think, Stockholm syndromed a little bit into unironically loving some of the stuff, uh-huh. so hey. Uh huh. It happens. Hey, get your ashwagandha. Yeah, I take it every day. It's uh, helped do my, you really—it's helped, it's helped my anxiety. Ashwagandha. Shut I swear your to mouth. fucking God. Ashwagandha. You I shut take your damn my mouth. My turmeric for inflammation. I do vitamin D. I do magnesium. I do. Uh, Where
0: do you get your ashwagandha? Uh,
1: I just got on Amazon. Wow. Give Jeff Bezos a few more bucks at the end of the give month. Him, give him a couple more. Oh, yeah. Why not? Oh man. I swear to God, like that is the one thing that I really do think works that one if ashwagandha it is it really because i have always had anxiety um i've like been on and off of like xanax prescriptions okay um and i will just if certain things are stressing me out i'll just feel it in my body damn it and take are you trying to fucking goop me and it might it might be a placebo effect you can't rule that out but a placebo effect is still an effect
0: that's real
1: and so i yeah if you take anything away from today (laughs) <laughs> Your time with me. Say just, uh, just try ashwagandha. You're not. It's not gonna give you a high like taking, taking like a benzo or taking an opiate or something. But you just take it every day for a few weeks and just see. You feel okay. A little calmer. Okay. Wow. Okay. Fuck. Okay. Cool. I'll uh, give give Gwyneth all my money. Yeah. Well, don't buy it from her because they just. They they scam you. They but ceremonial grade. Oh (laughs) Oh my god! No, get the cheapest shit you can get uh, off of Amazon. Okay, cool. Um, I watch. I had had a pretty busy week, so I only got to see one movie in the theater this week, and it was quite a dud. Uh, Edward Norton's Motherless Brooklyn.
0: What? I don't even even fucking heard of it. Don't
1: bother. It's like okay. So it was a detective novel from the '90s, written by Jonathan Lethem, that was it took place in the 90s, and it was sort of like a neo-noir conspiracy. This guy is trying to figure out the truth about something, blah, blah, blah. So Edward Norton decides to adapt the screenplay himself, direct it himself, and star in it, um, and also set the movie in the 50s so they can have like beautiful production design and costumes and stuff. And also his character has straight-up Tourette syndrome, so it's like the showiest... Like, going for Oscar. He's like Uh this detective who's just convulsing all over the place and saying, saying um, like, disgusting swear words and stuff. And it's two and a half hours long. Oh, boy. Alec Baldwin is the bad guy, which is like, this casting, it's so... He's like this real estate developer who's evil. And I'm like, you really couldn't get any more creative than Alec fucking Baldwin. Yeah. And then the plot that Edward Norton added... And spoiler alert! I don't think anyone's gonna see this, so I don't think anyone cares. I, I will never. No, I'd don't. rather cut my nuts off. Yeah, see, off. and I I love noir and I love detect, so I'll like sort of watch any of yeah, this if shit. If someone said it was
0: interesting, I would yeah. at least give it a gander.
1: But it turns out, so uh, Edward Norton is his love interest is um, this biracial lawyer played by Gugu mbatha Ra, who's like very good and very beautiful, and mm-hmm. she does a good job with a nothing part. Uh-huh. But it turns out. Alec Baldwin's big secret is that he raped her mother and it's oh, her biological God. father like oh. when she was his family's maid or something. Okay, And it was just like you're trying to put one character of color in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, it has to like Involved her backstory is this tragic torture and pain. Yeah. To- and, yeah. Yeah. Like and subjugation. And like that's as creative
0: as you could get yeah, it just fucking sucked. That does suck because we're right, we're like at a place now where like it would be really nice for us to tell if we're telling stories about queer people and people of color, like everyone who has been in those roles who is queer or a person of color is sick of the story of their pain exactly. or my parents hate me because I'm gay or like, oh cool, I get to play
1: a slave in an Oscar picture. Yeah. How rewarding. And it's still like valid. like that history is valid and uh, it shouldn't be a race but it's like let's let's tell some other stories too so many that stories that have to do with like the rest of your humanity and not just the tragedy of your your racial or like sexual circumstance
0: it's frustrating
1: it really bothers me uh,
0: especially and i i think because we're talking about horror i think about horror too cuz horror is so needlessly white for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know why. It's just very white. It is
1: very strange because horror is like when when I mean just anecdotally, whenever I go to the theater to see a horror movie, it, the audience is usually extremely diverse, more yes. so than other genres. Yeah, and like there's I mean a little a little bit better now than it has been for a few. A little years, bit better now, but
0: still, right. Jordan Peele has changed yeah. the landscape a little bit. Um, but <laughs> oh god, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean that's like like just to prove your point and like really for all of this like. Guess who gets scared everybody.
1: Yeah, exactly. like
0: there's never a time where it's like you wait well, we had to. Well, Cuz like we get we get a lot of excuses with our Elton John biopics sure. and our of like, well, Elton's why. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, well guess who gets scared everybody. Guess who has feelings everybody. Like we don't always have to defer to the biggest star, and we also don't have to um, always tell these stories, which we have been told. Yeah. We did, we did those movies in the 80s and 70s, and even the 50s and 40s. Like, holy, gone with the
1: wind. Oh, oh my God, We yeah. did it. Uh, and there are so, and it's not just, like, obviously, like, diversity for the sake of diversity. Like, these are interesting, less told stories from points of view that you don't often see in uh, in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Uh, like Get Out is a perfect example or um did you see the I think it was either the last purge or the first purge? It was the one that took place in like the public housing unit in Staten Island that was uh basically an all black cast. Oh, I missed that it's one. It's fantastic. Okay. It's, fuck. And it's like it takes it it takes the the realism of, of, of racial inequality, uh, but it that's the setting for a great horror movie and it doesn't exploit like the 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 pain or like yeah the the slave narrative. That's at awesome. All. But it is like a black story. Um, I don't know if it was directed by a, a black director, but it like had an all black cast, and it and it made sense within the real world That's that awesome. this is how um these people would react to the circumstances. Yes,
0: yes, and we can move on. The final thing yeah, I yeah. have to say is that the reason why so many of these stories have stay is because they there is a white savior as the mm-hmm. a, a, at its core. Like, I'm sure Edward Norton's character is a white savior to the story, right? Oh, abs- I mean, yeah, like, yeah. That's what it is. And when there's white people making movie, white people are the directors and stars, and they are the ones who you can attach these projects to because there's this whole thing of, like, we need a star to attach the project to. Well, of course, the stars that exist are the whitest people because those are the ones we've been uh, putting up for the big roles, blah, 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 blah. And the way they do it is, they put a person of color in there, and they make that person the white savior. And it's just like, guys, we've gotta, keep, we've gotta yeah. keep moving.
1: Well, yeah, and we've it's, gotta tell new stories. And it, it, it is the problem with we need, yeah, we need people of color writing, directing on all and execs, right. like everybody, uh, because yeah, it, it's 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 a very small part of the problem with just like, oh, the star is 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 white, right? Um, yeah, we just need everyone to be able to tell. Different stories. Come on, and, on yeah, stories. Come on. Um, well, oh, speaking of. Yes. Uh, we won't get to that character quite uh, right away. In, okay. But there is a, hmm, let's say, a, 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 a black character in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane that is right. not possibly three-dimensionally drawn as much no. as she could have been. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, she's strong. Yeah. Like, she's a really strong,
0: and she's a good actor. She was But, cool. like, yes. And, I mean, yeah, they're just, yeah, but she gets... Yeah, yeah, it's, it she's gets a plot twist. Treated place. weirdly, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: she's a plot twist. Uh, so, whatever happened to Baby Jane? 1962, directed Woo! by Robert Aldrich, Woo! starring the two titans Woo! of this podcast, Miss Betty Davis and Ms. Joan, Joan Crawford. Crawford. Um, wow. so Mono, I sent you a crazy spreadsheet filled with over 400 titles you sure did uh, this was the one you wanted to talk about why um why is this the one
0: um this one is crazy this film is so strange i mean like honestly just i just love how queer it is i love how campy it is and i but i do love how like how earnestly and seriously it's made Mm -hmm. and i just i've I've never seen a
1: movie like it cuz what is it about? <laughs> like, yeah, well it's not I mean we're so used to uh, like studio movies now having that like perfect three act save the cat type structure. Yeah. And this one, yeah, you're sort of you're just uh, dropped into this world and this relationship between these two sisters and mm-hmm. like there's you know there's heightening and there's climax and stuff, but it's really um yeah, it's really immersive and it's like this this character piece. Yes, it's a character piece. It's just like Everyone is an asshole.
0: Everyone's flawed. Um, yeah, it's really cuckoo.
1: When, I, yeah, for when did you first see
0: it? Probably um, I think sometime in college. Me too, yeah. Yeah, it was very college-y where I was like, what yeah. is Uh And what is going on? Because it's like the storytelling. I mean, it's also very old school in that way where the
1: storytelling, it takes so long to get to our protagonists. Yeah, well, in, in- – it, it like the, the beginning is a little slow but it it does lay the groundwork for yes. the relationship so perfectly um that's true i i was in college too i think the first time i saw it. i remember my dad talking to me about this movie when i was little uh-huh. but never showing it to me because i think he thought maybe it was too scary mm-hmm. but uh, cuz it came out in 1962 so i don't and i unfortunately my dad has passed away so i can't ask him now ah. but uh Try I, harder. I, I know. Hey, I need a medium. Uh, I could see him because it came out in 1962, so he would have been eight years old when it came out, uh-huh. and I imagine he probably saw it either in the theater or soon after it came out. Mm. Or I guess it would have had to have been in the theater because there's no video back then. Yeah. So it's. I remember him talking about this movie in like an excited way, like, "Oh, it really, it really freaked him out when he was a kid." Yeah. So when I finally saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is cool," because it's not. Necessarily the type of movie that I would have expected my dad to really like. And it passes the Bechtel test. Oh, boy does it. Yeah. Boy does it. I mean yeah. that what an early entry into cinema that like does that. Yeah, they don't I mean they don't talk about a man except for daddy. <laughs> no. No. Talk about I guess they're a little obsessed with Victor Buono's oh, character. Oh, yes. he, he... Weirdly hot. I don't know what's going on with me.
0: Yeah. I don't You have you're 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 like um you're into like guys who look like King <laughs> Yes. Well,
1: he was uh King Tut in the 1960s back then. No, movie. he
0: he does have a, a very strange sexy energy. It's strange. Yeah. Cuz you 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 see him and he looks Yeah, he like I mean he's a big guy. He's like, a big guy. He's a thick guy. Uh But he, he has a certain charm to him. It's yeah, strange. Yeah. A
1: weird like scammer charm, I don't know. I'm telling you, he's giving me
0: he's giving me Cru- Cruel Kong. What's his name? What? King Cruel. King, King, wait, King. king uh, he's the the Crocodile King from Donkey
1: Kong. Oh, oh, okay, yeah,
0: I guess yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Bite I, me.
1: I always find in all these movies, I always find like the the weird King uh, K rule. That's what it is. King K, K. rule. K. Donkey Kong. Got it. I will add that. To Look, bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so this movie, I guess, was always considered sort of a camp object. And yet, it was so successful. It wasn't like this weird later discovered mm-hmm. movie. Uh, like, it got nominated for five o- five Oscars. Mm-hmm. It won for Best Costume Design. Um, Betty Davis and Victor Buono both got acting nominations. And it was also nominated for Cinematography mm-hmm. and Best Sound. But Joan didn't get nominated? No. Well, that... did you, That's did part you of watch the drama. The, I did yeah, watch the... Okay, so yeah. So Joan did not get nominated. And then um, Ann Bancroft... Won that year for Miracle Worker, but she couldn't come to the ceremony because she was like doing a play. Uh-huh. And so Joan um, accepted her Oscar on her behalf. I do remember so that drama. The, very funny and time. interesting and weird.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. And uh, like, I mean, obviously in the show, they dramatized the moment of her being like, You don't want to go accept your award. It's not becoming of a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, is, do we know for a fact that I that have, conversation happened? I mean,
1: I don't, I doubt it was like that, but. I could see I mean Joan was obviously like very thirsty for yes. all that stuff, which she should be. She was like a great star who liked to work. And Anne Bancroft was like this sort of New York theater actress who probably didn't care about this stuff as much. Um, I also have a lame question. Mm. Those the old footage they show, is that actually of them? In the Ryan Murphy show? Um, I'm sorry. In oh, the in, movie, in Baby Jane, yeah. So I didn't realize that at for The first couple of times I saw it, so um, it is of them. It younger. is of them. Yeah. So is it from other films? From a, exactly that existed, and they just pretended. Yeah, they pretended it was the character. So, uh, so yeah, and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, um, there is footage from both uh, Jane, Betty Davis's character, mm-hmm. and Blanche, Joan Crawford's character, and them sort of watching themselves as younger women in yeah. movies. And so... Do we know the name of the, those movies? Oh, the... baby do I. Baby knows. Uh, so the the Joan Crawford film that they show is called Sadie McKee from 1934. Okay. And that was sort of in her in her like flapper ingenue phase. Mm. Um, and she... And that... And that is shown as like being a great performance and she, because in the movie, Joan Crawford's character is supposed to be this, this great actress whose career was tragically cut short and, Mm -hmm. and, and Betty Davis was this child star who grew into a bad actress Mm -hmm. and was in bad movies. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is, so there's two Betty Davis movies that they show, one called Parachute Jumper and one called Ex-Lady. Which are both from 1933, okay, uh, and those are like that's right, sort of as Betty Davis was becoming a big star. Uh-huh. Um, but those movies, I think, were not either completely forgotten or not thought of as good. And and she's like in one of them at least. It's the one where like the two execs are watching in the theater like you and call thinking, that a southern yeah, accent and it's truly bad and i guess yeah, it is strange and betty davis did get better at doing a southern accent because she was in jezebel in 1938 she won an oscar for that but um yeah it must it was like a good sort of lack of ego for betty davis to allow yeah. them to play these like bad performances
0: it's a pretty high concept piece when you think about it really it's like wait we're actresses playing actresses using ourselves making fun of ourselves also kind of calling out the industry because, like, obviously they had trouble getting, continuing their careers because it, they were past their quote-unquote prime.
1: Yeah. Point. And it seemed, like, very current, like, the the sort of subplot about uh, Joan Crawford's movies now finally being released on television and people watching them and remembering how much they liked her Mm -hmm. and that was yeah these stars from the 30s and 40s it wasn't like there was no DVDs there was there was no uh, not really even repertory theaters as much so you could have gone 20 or 30 years without seeing these movies and like you yeah if, if there's not that sort of Uh, nostalgia, like that constant nostalgia, how can you uh, maintain a big career if people aren't watching your previous work? Mm -hmm. So it's like they were completely anonymous to this new generation until television happened. And then, and it's probably pretty true that like when Joan Crawford and Betty Davis movies started to air on television, people got interested in them again and they were able to make this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they googled them, of course. Of course. Yeah, they're like, who the fuck is this? Who's this? Oh my god, she's old. I know, and they were like, they're, like, 50 in this. They're, like, not old. Ew! Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, like, in uh, Sunset Boulevard, too. Gloria Swanson is literally, like, 50 years old playing this elderly
0: right? Woman. And that's,
1: like, a very similar story about this over-the-hill actress who... Um, and, like, William Holden basically plays a similar character as Victor Bueno plays in this. Like, a young person who's who she sort of attaches herself to try to revive her career. Yeah. Um. Those scenes with him and his mom are wild. Oh, God. They were, like, my favorite... I mean, there's a lot of great scenes in this movie, but those scenes the mm-hmm. like the that sort of because this was right after psycho came out but mm-hmm. like that that coded as gay dude and the too close relationship he has with his mother right is such a like constant trope of Hollywood and it's so because I don't I definitely don't have that kind of relationship with my mother mm-hmm. but it's like um it's very uh grotesque in a way that is maybe like a little bit of internalized homophobia but it is like a sick. Like you're like, oh, if you don't if you don't leave your mother or you never like grow up and leave the house and like marry your own wife, like you're gonna turn into this, this fag. You know what <laughs> I mean?
0: Yeah, I do yeah. know what you mean. That's awful. It's so creepy. Like, don't
1: be friends with your mom. No. Well, like you can be friendly with your no. mom. No. Nope. Be a bitch to her. Well, my mom listens to this podcast sometimes, so I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm friends with my mom.
0: Look, I like my mom, but I can't stand the bitch. Wow. Um, I love my yeah, mom. Yeah. But, but I don't think you should be... There's healthy boundaries. Absolutely. And, like, your, In fact, because your mom needs to be a parent.
1: Yes, your mom and needs to be... a
0: your parent should be good enough to be like, hey, go find friends. Go date someone. Get out of here.
1: Yeah. Well, and, like, live... Like, that's one thing to uh to, like... Have a nice conversation on the phone with your mother. See them, you know, relatively, you know, for the holidays or whatever. But like, Brian, to live... why are you holding
0: up a sign that says "I actually hate my mom"? <laughs> Put down that sign. <laughs> <Don't> sh- <laughs> uh,
1: no, I hear what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, like the this guy is, I guess, supposed to be like in his 30s, probably, um, and his mom has. There's sort of like a weird backstory with them. Um, she had some sort of low level studio job and sort of knows some of the history between Blanche mm-hmm. and Jane, but they they're like in that weird sort of Hollywood working class where, I mean, Hey, we're all in this Hollywood working Hello. class, but, Me too. but like, it's sort of like these people cause they're British too. Um, but they like, you just imagine they, they came to LA to try to make it and then they just sort of never did. And like, they just right. stayed here right. and that's like so tragic and yet, I'm living this every Oh yeah, this is my reality.
0: Cuz the thrust of their first scene is like go make money or is it like oh you we're going to go pump
1: her dry? Yeah, cuz so like she I think that's the mom. So the mom's played by um Marjorie Bennett who is uh a really big character actress. She was sort of, sort of like the Betty White of this time, just like always cast as the old lady and everything. Mm-hmm. Um and so she I guess like gets back from the doctor saying she's injured. She like can't work anymore. So so he has to finally get a job. And he's this like tortured composer who just sort of sits and like uh, tinkles tinkles the piano. T- t- Tickles the tinkles ivories. the ivories. Tinkles Tickles the ivories every day. Tinkles. Tinkles. He tinkles. And he I, he looks like he could. He could. He could tinkle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like he needs to get a job, and he has no skills other than I guess like being uh, a pianist um a what a a a a, a, a pianist mm. a musician okay um so he thought i heard that <laughs> he goes to to miss jane's house oh and that was the other thing that I was like oh this is too close to home when you're like having a meeting with someone sort of and like you're sort of feeling each other out uh-huh. and it's like you're trying to impress them and then you're like oh are they just as fucking crazy as me yes and like they have do, yes. they, are, do they have something to offer me or are they as like desperate and yes. low status as I am secretly. Yep. Yeah, oh yeah, it made it gave me like teaching improv. Oh, I bet. Like
0: flat like PTSD, honestly. Yeah. Cause like some I mean, here what I'll say, I teach improv and I love ninety-eight percent of my students. That's
1: such a high percentage. It's a huge percentage. I, I can't imagine having a heart big enough to love ninety-eight percent of the people I come in contact I'm with. I'm a
0: fucking saint. <laughs> and uh but then there are those people where you meet with them and it's there is it is weird and and you, 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 they literally say things like, like, are, is CAA going to be at my 101 grad show? And you're like, oh my God, who's sadder, me or you? I don't know. I mean, know. that's
1: an easy question. <laughs> if they're asking if CAA is going to be at their 101 there, grad I, show. So
0: I definitely, I felt that on like a deep, weird level where I was like, oh, we're all like, they're yeah. both just people in entertainment, clawing and scratching to get like a little taste of something.
1: Yeah. Something. And it's like it's like that I mean I've never gone to like the high <laughs> levels it, but like even if I have a I don't know like a meeting at a production company or something where I like oh this should be uh like official. Yeah. It sometimes it does you're like oh you're just are you just like sitting in this office like what are you doing all day? Yes. Like what are your projects yes. that you're working on? Like what are you making
0: what are you doing what did you do today like
1: why do you have a secretary
0: it's funny you can't say that but you want to be like what did you
1: do today you're like a big exec because you're like googling them and you're like oh there's there's like one project like three years ago that came out and you're like what is going on right and they're like baby jane and we're like victor bono Uh uh-huh and they make you they sing their little song about their daddy for you oh my god yeah um i've written a letter to daddy his Classic bop. His address is heaven above. Wait, do what's up? Let's see if we know all the lyrics. No, Wait. I do not. Damn. Uh, I've written a letter. I well, I, I changed, it, to, I to cats, to so I changed it too because I sing to my cats, so I changed it to. I've written a letter to Dahlia. Okay. Um, my cat, and then I don't know the rest of it. I can. I never His address remember is heaven above. lyrics to songs.
0: Something about the postman. Uh, the postman says kisses oh, yeah. are best. It is. I think it is the scariest song
1: ever written. Yeah, I, I think it's the scariest it song. Be. Like fuck, uh, Thriller. Fuck the Monster Mash. <laughs> no, yeah. I've written her Daddy should be like Halloween every Horrifying. year. Horrifying. Scarier it is... than the. It's it's scarier than any Halloween
0: anthem. Oh
1: yeah yeah yeah. Uh, it's. Spooky. And it's like the, the theme to the score too. They keep like going back to it. Yes. The piano. Uh There's also the other sort of theme, musical theme is they never actually like sing the song in the movie, but there's a song called Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh, well, Betty right. Davis did it in um, the Ryan Murphy thing. And they do like a jazzy instrumental version a couple times. Right. But I wonder if like there was a time when like sh- her character sang that or if that was just press for Betty Davis to do to try to like entice younger people to see because it was it seemed like it was like this 1960s like beach mm-hmm. like Annette Funicello type of song mm-hmm. and you're like why this it, this makes no sense in the context of this movie yeah it was strange I I, I love that there's that one shot where like you see Victor
0: Buono's characters, Edwin? Edwin, yeah. Edwin, like, looking at the piano when you see all these other Baby Jane songs. Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, oh, yeah. There was one that had a very gay title. What was it? It was like, I love my daddy. Like, it was They're like... They're all about daddy. <laughs> they
1: are? Ew! Well, because, like, okay, that here's so the... so nasty. The, the, like, unsaid thing in this is I think both Jane and Blanche were, um, were like, sexually abused as kids. Wait, are you serious? I... Because, okay... It just, and I don't know, I don't have any proof of this, but, like, the daddy character is so creepy in a different, and it's that thing of, like, if you read histories of sexual abuse within families, they're, like, pitting the siblings against each other to make sure that they don't, like, communicate with what's happening. And you think, like, in that core scene, that's, like, a little bit of the subtext there? Yes, I think, like... That first scene? The way way that Jane is sort of infantilized... And the way that Blanche is sort of cast aside, I think, means he was like molesting both of them. But that is just my and actor secret. I have a weird,
0: dumb question because I got confused because so the man in the first in the 1917 scene is that—that's Daddy, yeah. That's Daddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's already writing about a dead Daddy, yeah. And then the dad does die, and then the dad does die. Okay, but that the daddy is not a little bit.
1: the daddy is not dead because she calls him Daddy, right? So right. this is a fictionalized dead daddy. But, then, but I imagine he was dad... writing, writing the songs for her in the first right. place. But her dad does die at a young age, she later says. Yeah. And that was sort okay. of when Blanche took the reins and sort of her career started blowing up. Because Mommy, who seems like also a, an abuse victim, if I'm oh going to psychoanalyze this. I had she... never thought. Well, that. I didn't only saw that When I was watching it last night, I was like, oh, this is like very sick. Yeah. What's going on in this family.
0: It's fucked up. I also, yeah, it was weird. Like in that beginning moment, it made no sense where she was like, I don't want ice cream. And
1: then he's like, quiet, you. I'm mm-hmm. like,
0: what was that? Yeah.
1: And then all the, the like the, the hubbub of like the extras were like, oh, well, that just that's what happens when you spoil a child like that. Uh-huh. Just an ice cream. And and then um, and then the da- dad is like, like, oh, well, it's it's really hot outside. So she needs yeah. ice cream. But is that the core message of this film? If you spoil children, they'll become murderers. Well, I think it's, like, if you don't give them any, like, skills to, like, equip themselves for the adult world, mm-hmm. they're gonna, like, live in the past. Like, mm-hmm. if you... It's 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 the same... It's, like, the child actor syndrome that is from, from 1917 to the present. Like, kids that peak at that age um, are just completely fucked up and stop yeah. maturing at the age that they gain fame. So, mm-hmm. like, Jane is what 11 or 12 or whatever and like she basically acts like a 12 year old for the rest of her life right? and like Blanche because she didn't gain fame till she was in her 20s she is like slightly more well adjusted but she's fucked up too
0: yeah she's fucked up yeah, that whole like twist at the end, which did surprise me the first
1: time I saw it. I literally forget. I remember that there is a twist. Okay, me too. But I for I literally every time I watch this movie, I like forget what the twist is and because I'm still like excited to see it at Because it's end. hard to follow. I it literally is. was like, wait, because I think it's Joan, but how yeah, do they rationalize that? And they forget every time. And it, it makes sense to me now, because like Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Obviously, you guys—you guys are listening to a podcast called High Camp, so you've seen whatever happens to Baby you've Jane. You've had more than fifty years yes. to watch this film. Um. So, spoiler alert. Throughout the whole thing, Jane thinks that she is the person who paralyzed her sister. Um. Uh. Like, n- was in a car and sort of knocked her against the fence. But it turns out. Uh. See, now I'm gonna have t- trouble <laughs> explaining it. It turns out, <laughs> Blant—they were at a party together. Jane was too drunk too to drive drunk. home, so Blanche was in the driver's seat, told Jane to get out of the car, because this is before your like, remote control Yeah, you'd open the gate. You'd open the gate. While Jane was opening the gate, because Blanche was so mad at her, she tried to hit Jane with the car. Jane flew out of the way, so Blanche just rammed into the gate and uh-huh. paralyzed herself. Yes. And then Jane was so drunk. scared, ran away, and then Blanche, I guess crawled out of the car, laid by the gate and uh, then ended up telling the police that Jane was the one that that rammed into her. And pretty good twist. Yeah. yeah, it is a good twist. I the the relationship between the sisters is more complicated and interesting than it needs to be because usually like when you have your your good daughter and your bad daughter, like your your Jessica and your Ashley or whatever, mm-hmm. they sort of stay in those categories the whole time. Mm-hmm. But like this one because Jane was the star for a little bit and then blanche did become the star and the caretaker there's a little bit more interesting dynamic going on than the typical the typical like sibling relationship
0: yeah i agree and i i liked i just love it i I, I love how bad jane's character is i know and i genuinely mean that like because like I'm writing something about that has a very complicated female in it, um, inspired by my mom. Oh, oh, wow. All right. Um, and my mom's an amazing person. She's a loyal person. She's a loving person. You've already
1: talked so much shit about your mom on this podcast. She's fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> um, but she is really sharp and acerbic and and i be like i'm trying i i'm in writing her i want to be real with her i want to show her as she is because i love her even though she's fucking she's really a team too much okay um but i do get that note where they're like we have to like her and like we have to like we have to like her more she made like a she told that person to go kill themselves but like i know in my brain i'm like yeah but even when she says go kill yourself She doesn't mean it. Like, I guess what I'm saying is I like the rawness and, like, baldness of Baby
1: Jane's roughness in this film. And that's the problem with getting notes like that is because, yes, ultimately an audience has to, like, not like a character, but want to spend time with them at least. Yeah. But, like, Jane on paper is... I mean, I guess she gets like a little bit of a moment of redemption at the end, but she's like truly horrible throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and it's Betty Davis's just inherent empathy and star power that makes you want to watch her. And so That's I like, true. I think like a lot of that, like you can write a character pretty horribly, and if you get a really talented actor to play them, mm-hmm. they they can be the ones that imbue humanity. So what I'm saying is, no yeah. lazy writer, let the actor do the work. Right?
0: Yeah, right? But I, I do get, I obviously get the touch and go, but I I do just love that this film had that kind of lead, and especially for females. Like, yeah. it had just a female lead. who was like, deal with what i'm giving you like I, and yes of course you you have the talent attached to make it soar because not many people could make that character that captivating because uh-uh. even when she's failing and flying into the sun you're like i have to see how this happens
1: yeah because there's like there's just a a drive to her and there's and she's she doesn't play her as insane which another actor could <gasps> well she's like ill but she, yeah. there's always she has her wits about her enough to like try to go after what she wants. Yeah, of she's like, smart. Yeah. But there are a few times where she has, she's having fun. Oh, for
0: sure. Absolutely. There's a few times where she's on Mod Night. Oh, And yeah. if you don't know what that is, that's a sketch comedy night at the UCB yeah. Theater. Uh, But she's... Overall, I mean, it's a stunning performance. That moment where she first sings, I've written a letter to Daddy as an adult, and then approaches the light and, like, sees her
1: face. Yeah. It's one of the best moments in cinema history. Oh, my God. And, it, like, people talk about, oh, lack of vanity or, like, brave performance. But this is, this yeah. is truly one of those where you're Absolutely. like, oh, like, no... She looks terrible. Oh, my God. And from like from that generation of actresses too who have always like had to be the most glamorous, the most perfect. Like to to do that when you were aging and like this is what people thought of you anyway uh-huh. and you were like, well fuck it, I'm just going to go full out. I'm going to look as old as shitty as disgusting as possible and like fuck you. I think Betty Davis was like the only actor that could have really pulled that off.
0: And um yeah. And then I think after that, she kind of like. It's so funny how, like, fame is a monster,
1: just like no. Gaga told us. Um, fame is uh, a prison, as Gaga recently told oh us. Oh, my God. A tweet. Fame yeah. is a prison. Yeah.
0: And, um, but, like, it is funny how, like, this happened, and then. This happened, and then Betty Davis did kind of go, like, okay, let me, let me, like, restart my career and let me, like, fix myself up.
1: And it didn't quite. I mean, she did uh, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, which uh-huh. was Robert Aldridge, too. And then she didn't work as much. Um, there is. Her last film performance is a campy mess that I need. I'm literally going to look up
0: right now. I think it's even a- after that. After that, Here, I'm going to find yeah. it right now as you
1: vamp. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about Joan Crawford too. Okay. Oh, I love her. Who I and I I've I've actually watched a bunch of Joan Crawford re- uh, movies recently for this mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, I did um, Berserk, or no? I did uh, Straight Jacket. My husband's podcast <laughs> recently did Berserk, so I watched oh, okay. that for that. And then um, I did Johnny Guitar recently. And like Joan Crawford is so beautiful in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like she looks... Her cheekbones are stunning. And this is only a few years before she, she started playing these sort of crazy old ladies. Because I think she saw uh, mm-hmm. that that Betty Davis had got all the acclaim for playing the crazy one. So right. then she wanted to start doing it. Yeah. Um, but in this movie, she doesn't have any gray in her hair. Um, she is skinny as a needle she looks fucking amazing and just yeah. like a perfect sort of suffering victim so i just wanted to like give a shit because joan crawford's not always known for her like delicate beauty right um, but in this movie she is I mean this is coming from the, I've seen a gay man saying this but i like, yeah. oh, she's so she's so gorgeous in this I've seen
0: so many old Hollywood movies that kind of bleed together in my brain but like uh, yeah she's stunning my mom loves old Hollywood oh yeah and is expo- exposed to me to like a lot of old Joan pieces yeah yeah I think it's amazing and I, I do think like her story is so sympathetic just as a whole of like of course her of course old Hollywood broke her brain Totally. Like, she was a beautiful goddess who could act and eventually praised and praised and praised for that. And then eventually was like, oh, yeah, we don't
1: need that anymore. And Mm-mm. it's
0: like, but you, you groomed me to be this. Yeah. And
1: then like, oh, you could maybe play a mother. And like, she won an Oscar for Mildred Pierce playing a mother. Uh-huh. But even that didn't really translate in a lot of great roles after that in the 50s. And then, but now, I mean, I don't know that she'd be proud. I mean, Baby Jane is like... A, a masterpiece, I think, but like the post baby Jane roles, I don't know that Joan would be proud of like Straight Jacket and Berserk and Trog and all those things. Mm-hmm. But that is a legacy. Like the people our age know her more from from those movies than mm-hmm. they do from her thirties and forties movies. Right. So I do like I do think she has something to be proud of of like of having this this really long career and working. Like just being able to um to swallow your pride and 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 do a great job in all types of movies, all budgets, working with all all weirdos. I don't know. Like,
0: and is it true? Like going into this film, I she didn't necessarily understand how impactful Betty Davis's characterization was going to be. Is I can't.
1: That, I can't imagine. Yeah, because she was the one that sort of. She was like, "I'm playing the hero." Yeah, she. I, she yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think she didn't really understand that. Um, that Jane would be, a, like, a sympathetic villain or, like, an anti-heroine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because she has the showier part, and for long stretches of the movie, Blanche is tied up in the bedroom, so she's not, like, in. Like, the whole subplot with Victor Buono and then... Um, and and then the plot with Elvira and all that stuff. Like, there's a long time where Joan Crawford's not really in the movie. So it is ultimately Betty Davis's she, movie. It
0: it really is. And she, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess whatever. Like, just the character never went. Like the Joan Crawford character never fights back. Really.
1: Yeah, she's so a, passive. And yeah. Like, so um, she feels bad for her sister that she never. You never really get. That is the one thing that I think is missing from the movie. You never get like a true fight scene between the two of them like we like if it was made today there probably should she probably should have tried to kill her sister
0: right yeah. and then and then made the confession like oh yeah I didn't I wasn't able to do it the first time but now I'll finish off the job
1: yeah what cause you want her yeah, to yeah like, bitch I tried to kill you totally like you want her to win a little bit and yes. in this movie it's like she's just put upon and put upon and put upon yeah so you, at, at, at some point you do start rooting for Jane cause she's the one who's actually doing stuff right yeah yeah, it's a it's a real mindfuck because by the end of the trip she's on the beach. Oh waist. my god!
0: We're like just die, bitch! <laughs> like I know. <laughs> she's just like
1: her, the like makeup. I love the the black and white of it's so stark, and it it, it doesn't even look like the black and white of the sixties. It almost looks like the color palette of a silent movie mm-hmm. because it's they have so much uh, weird makeup on their face and like everything is. In such high contrast. Yeah,
0: two things. Like, I, okay, one is that she is wearing a big old pumped push-up bra when she's laying on the beach. Did you notice that? Yeah. I was like, huh? Like, because you could tell she was like, if I'm laying down, yeah, I want to still look like I have a bosom.
1: I mean, she's still Joan Crawford. She's still Joan Crawford. Yeah.
0: And I don't believe that those, <laughs> that those beach goers wouldn't be like, hey, look at that lady dying. Like... <laughs> Because we, we're meant to believe that it. it's like, oh, well, when people lay out on the
1: beach, they just think you other just people in. are laying yeah. on the beach. But she's in, like, a full, like, black gown with, like, dark circles under her eyes, like, not moving. Yeah, you'd think someone would come over and be like, oh, hey, are you okay? I get it,
0: though. I mean, I think it's good filmmaking, but I'm like, I couldn't help but be like, someone be like, hey. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's true. And, something's like, the, going on. And then as soon as, like, the police come... To talk to Betty Davis, then like everyone just like circles around her. The other thing I wish to really like camp it up a little bit, I wish she did like a full uh I've written a letter to daddy at the very end for the beachgoers. Right. Like I thought. Or a new song. Or a new song. Yeah. (laughs) Um her dick. She just twirls. Yeah. Yeah, she just twirls, and you're like, oh, I want, I want one last. If I was to remake this movie, I would definitely like have her sing that at the end. Yeah, of course. As like, get it, you know, being dragged away and Maybe handcuffs. make Elvira more of a badass.
0: Like, yeah, Elvira oh. is a badass, but like, she loses in such a sad way.
1: Yeah, it's true, because like, the, a- the actress that plays Elvira is very good, and she is, she like, knows what's going on. She's not playing like, the housekeeper as like a, a stupid idiot, like a lot of these roles are written. Um, and she truly does, like, have a connection to Blanche. But the thing is, she's, like, like uh, Jane gives her a day off. And then she just, like, wanders back. She's, like, oh, I'm not doing anything. So I thought I might as well, like, clean your house anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, "Like you have no, like, life outside this. It just it was right. a little convenient. And it was, like, a little, like, plot device-y. Mm-hmm. For, but, I mean, again, like, black actresses had so few roles. Like, yeah. literally, this was probably, like, the best role for a black actress in the entire year. Oh easily. Yeah. Easily. So it's like I did what yeah. It's just yeah. it's just really fucked up. And what about the little uh
0: cause isn't um isn't Betty Davis's daughter play the so neighbor sad. girl and she's bad?
1: She's so I mean they and literally they touch on this in feud in, and everything. Yeah, feud Kiernan Shipka plays her and um in this it is funny because like she has this whole monologue at the beginning and they literally don't cut to her once. They just are on her mind the that. whole time and she her voice is there, but like you're like, Oh, what the fuck must she have been doing for the director to be like, Oh, we can't cut to her. At yeah. During this monologue, I wonder what that was like. Was it like? Was it did contractually Betty like ask? Probably, it? or like she, you know, she wanted to be an actress, and Betty Davis wanted to be a good mother, so she's yeah. like. And the other sad thing is, obviously, like Christina Crawford wrote "Mommy Dearest" about Joan Crawford, and then this girl later wrote a similar. I do not know. Tell uh, all about Betty Davis, but even that flopped. The tell all. The tell all, like she wow. couldn't even get that right whoa yeah poor <laughs> she, girl. Couldn't
0: even, she couldn't even get that
1: right that's so heartbreaking <laughs> she can't act she can't do a tell-all oh my god this Poor lady is there nothing good in the tell-all i don't it's weird because you think oh i i love this joan crawford tell-all right? right why not buy the betty davis one too right yeah i don't know how strange it must just not be very interesting yeah how, how strange it is a
0: wild film it coo-coo. I'm trying oh. to think what else just like really stuck out and tickled my brain. Oh, oh, when the Victor Bono character is eating cereal with half and
1: half. Oh, I didn't even notice the half oh,
0: and half. Oh, so, it, was, it was so funny that I was like, oh, I guess the people did that. Yeah, but it was just Ooh, nasty. He's good. eating like cornflakes with half and half, which I, okay, so I looked that up because I was like, that's crazy, right? Apparently keto heads do it.
1: Well, keto, you have to do um, full have- heavy whipping cream. Oh my god! Half and half has like lactose or whatever, whatever the sugar and milk is a little uh, bit, because it's half milk, half cream. So you have to do full cream for keto, and you can't ew. have cornflakes. I did keto for two weeks. It was disgusting. Did
0: yeah? No, it you, did not. It just, I,
1: you bailed. No, I bailed. Yeah, it's not for me. I just had some keto cereal that I did not enjoy oh yeah the cereals they, they have a ways to go technology wise on keto cereal they have a real far way to go um, so quickly before uh, we head out I if this is the first episode of High Camp you're listening to I stole the name of my podcast from two gay film guides written in the 1990s by Paul Rowan who is an amateur film critic and professional librarian from Duluth Minnesota so I'll just read a little bit of what he has to say about oh. whatever happened to baby Jane In the autumn of 1962, when we were 14 years old, my best friend and I were utterly obsessed with whatever happened to baby Jane. At the time, it never occurred to me that this meant we were both homosexual. Today, it seems a dead giveaway. (laughs) It is reasonable to ask why this is so. In the 60s, uh, director Robert Aldrich made four similarly titled films dramatizing them, the misfortunes of celebrity. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane was the first. The other three were Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, The Legend of Lila Claire, and The Killing of Sister George. All four are demonst- demonstrably camp. Ah. The last two actually deal with homosexuality, lesbianism, to be exact. Ooh. Only Baby Jane, however, has become a gay cult film. So he goes into the plot, and I'll just read the end. Awesome. When whatever happened to Baby Jane finally came to our town, my friend and I sat through it twice. He's gone now. AIDS, of course. Oh, oh God. <laughs> no. Back in 1962, he and I thought Baby Jane was the greatest movie ever made. AIDS, of course. I no longer feel that way. Neither would he, I suspect. But I know he'd agree. It's an absolutely essential movie for gays. God, you forget, like, literally almost every gay guy from this generation Just died of AIDS.
0: Just buried. Just just being... I'm, all my friends are gone.
1: Yeah. And if you're... Yeah, you're the one... Li- oh, God. How horrible. God. Queer people um, we've never have really, hard lives? Yeah. We've never come to grips with it, really.
0: No. We haven't dealt with it. How could we? No.
1: It's too horrible we to think about. We still don't
0: have our rights. Like, no. Like, how do we...
1: <sighs> well, that's a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> so, man. I wish... Oh. I, I'm glad every... Uh, review of his doesn't end with another friend that died of AIDS. Of course, that would be
0: the. Of course, was of co- shattering. I know, I know that a therapist could really dig into for quite a while. Well, because you AIDS, you, of course, you
1: do think like, oh, if you see a, a gay man who's died in the '80s, you just assume, yeah. A, a Victor Bono died January first, nineteen eighty-two. Really, and I was like, oh, AIDS, but it turns out massive heart attack. I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I you mean, never know. Well, eighty two is a little. Homeboy was eating half and half. Yeah, in that, yeah, flakes. that's true. I
1: mean, oh man, that's... if it's not if it's not one thing, it's the other.
0: <laughs> well, I okay, that's amazing. That's amazing, and I finally found this movie with Betty Davis. I need to recommend to you.
1: Oh yeah, so um, is it because so at the end of every podcast I ask yes. all my guests if we were to uh, add a movie to the list to add to the High Camp canon. What would it be, Mono? You are gonna add another Betty Davis. This is wow. it. Wow. Okay. What is and it? And this
0: is actually fascinating and cool. insane. It's called Wicked Stepmother. Ooh. Made in nineteen eighty nine. It, it. I believe it is the last film Betty Davis was released or filmed. Um. It's insane. So it's called Wicked Stepmother. It's about like a family moves into a house and they have a wicked stepmother who turns out to be a witch. Okay. And Betty Davis is in it and she is checked out. Here is another fun fact. 11 minutes into the film, she takes on the form of another young lady. It's like, I've become this person because Betty Davis just stopped showing up.
1: Well, she was near death. I mean, I think she had terrible like, lung cancer emphysema. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. She is. She is so, But she just stopped, stopped showing up. Oh, my God. And they just kept filming it. So there is just... There is just Betty Davis, and then then this other woman shows up, and she's like, "I am her, and she is me." Wicked stepmother, I am the witch. So like, whoa, it is, and that's not in the script that she like transforms to another person. No, it was like you could tell it was like creative. They like they've they maneuver it in a very weird way, but it is clearly not meant to be. Ugh. Because you just, I, it's, it's also crazy to think that maybe they filmed it like chronologically, but you never see her again. (laughs) It's nuts. Wicked stepmother. And it is a campy, uh, it's pretty bad, but it's definitely a campy disaster that I, I think is worth yelling at with friends.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. God, I will check it out if the the, the sadness of of Betty Davis's impending death doesn't uh-huh. bum me out too much. Yeah,
0: no, just pretend. Yeah. Just pretend it's not there. Pretend she stopped showing up for work because uh, she
1: was having too much fun.
0: Allegedly, I mean, at least the stories that were found online, they touched more on her just being like, "This is bullshit. I'm leaving." Oh. Like, so, but I, I, I don't mean know. it could it be could both. Have been both. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, wow, what a great, I mean, bold nomination to add another betty davis movie mm-hmm. to the list but hey that's what she's there for that's what she's there for i'm so, telling you
0: you guys got to find this movie it's weird it is weird and wonderful wicked stepmother i can't wait to see it yeah
1: uh mono gappian thank you so much oh God, for coming do. on high camp um do you have any plugs any i know you have some podcasts you might have a tv appearance coming up soon maybe who maybe? knows oh, okay, i so mean but TV... it'll be a while okay It'll um, be a while. But any, anything yeah. else you want to talk about?
0: I can. Yeah. Cut back to no, it. you can talk about that. Um. I. Uh, so I have my podcast, Drag Her. We're talking about Drag Race. It's so fun. We're talking about the UK stuff right now. Yes. We're gonna keep it going as the Drag Race continues to, uh. You know. I mean, uh, you'll never uh, be out of work. they are are doing the
1: UK Dairy Girls one now. Oh yeah. And then yeah. uh,
0: celebrity and I mean, it'll never stop. They've confirmed you know. the second season of UK is coming. Um, it'll never stop. So, that's good news. Follow, drag her. I do one on Patreon with Betsy Sodaro yes. called We Love Trash. We talk about all things trash. Love it. Um, yeah, and, um, one of these days you'll see me on another one of those, uh, Drunk Histories. Um, you know, just but th- those take a while Getting to wasted. come out. Oh, yeah, I bet. They just take forever because now they have to get the actors and stuff. Right, right, right oh
1: yeah you're the first that makes sense Your yeah it take a while well, but yeah we'll keep an eye out for yeah, that and just follow me online at my name Mano Agapian cool yay thank you so much uh, if you like the podcast rate us five stars give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you find this shit you can Ooh. follow me um, on Instagram and Twitter at High Camp Pod and my personal Instagram and Twitter at Rucker Bry uh, I will talk to you next week bye